hand, fit and ready. Turn it up, cause it's getting heavy. Wild, wild, West Coast. These are the girls I love the most. I mean the ones, I mean like she's the one. Kiss her, touch her, squeeze her arms. The girl's afraid she drive a Jeep and live on the beach. I'm okay, I won't play, I love the bait. Just like I love LA, Venice Beach and Palm Springs. Summertime is everything. Homeboys banging out. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Presented by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Representing Doing the chair dance this morning. There you go, summertime. What, we're uh, an hour and a half away from, well, no, actually two hours. 8.57 is 8:57. the official arrival of summertime. Uh, you know what's really cool in the summertime is going out and watching the races, so we just wanted to remind you about the Rocky Mountain Nationals mm-hmm. at Rad Torque Raceway from July 7th to 9th, 6.30. Chad, excited to support that event. 2023 Rocky Mountain National event will once again feature the best uh, drag competition, uh, open racing. There's a motorcycle drag racing cool. association involved. That'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rad raceway.com if you want some more information but we also have a pair of tickets available for you to win on the 630ched.com website look at the contest page always lots of things to win on that contest page so it's interesting i mean if you've been you know you talk about how thing we were just talking about ai and mm. how things change and how things develop and you know depending on what business you're in depending on what kind of area of work you do you've seen that happen as well and we're seeing that when it comes to real estate too how social media is impacting uh buying, selling a home, specifically, you know, maybe things like TikTok and Instagram. Brandon Strasser is an associate with Real Broker, and he's capitalized on Insta and on TikTok when it comes to selling homes. And he's going to join, he's joining us this morning to tell us more about that. Hi, Brandon. Hi, how are you? Doing super fantastic. Um, so when you got your real estate license, you said, hey, you know what? I'm going to start making posts on social media to help with uh, putting your, your properties out there, trying to get a sale. Why did you think, hey, this is going to be a way to go? When I arrived in Edmonton, I was relatively new um, two years ago. I didn't really have that huge sphere of influence that a lot of people talk about in real estate. And I wanted to be able to make an impact um, on people and coming from Toronto, I wanted to show people like my peers and everything like that, that you can have a fun, cool lifestyle that's super affordable in Alberta and specifically in Edmonton. So I wanted to be able to showcase that to hundreds of thousands of people rather than just a local market. And that's the key, isn't it? It's about connecting with the people who are watching. It's not about, hey, I've got this house for sale. It's this much money and it has four or three bedrooms and three bathrooms. It's about making a connection and then the sales come out of that. Exactly. It's, you know, when people contact me from my social media and they're looking for assistance um, in selling or buying a home, they feel like they already know who I am. They can trust me and I can trust them because they are following me and it's not, it's taking away from that process of having to sit down and build that rapport because that rapport is already built. So Brandon, I mean, when you're doing your, you know, let's say your TikTok or your Insta, you know, real estate videos, are you just, you know, showcasing the home, the uniqueness of it? You're having a little bit more fun with it. Uh, How much of you and your personality also becomes a part of this? 
I definitely try to put my personality into every video. Um, when I'm showcasing a house, obviously I'm trying to um, showcase that house specifically, but I do a lot of talking head videos where I'm you know, talking about the market, talking about cool things coming up in mm. Edmonton or cool things that you can do in Alberta. Um, I talk about why I made the move from Toronto to Edmonton. Mm. Um, I'm just always trying to showcase who I am as a person my values, who I want to help, kind of the demographic that I'm focusing on, um, always trying to get kind of my point across. Uh, just for clarity, did you have a real estate license in, in Toronto when you were there, or did you get uh, get your license when you came here to Edmonton? I got my license when I came to Edmonton. Okay. Uh, because I was trying to figure out whether there was a comparison, or is there any way you can compare this kind of a strategy to maybe the more standard way of selling and and whether you know can you quantify do you have metrics to say this works yeah i mean for me myself um my business has done very well for myself um i've had my license for about a year and a month um i'm i'm definitely performing higher than the average one year um real estate agent for sure (laughs) um you know i think with real estate there's always going to be a million different ways that you can be successful and and that's why i love the career path in general um I just think it really depends on what demographic you're farming. For me, it kind of feels like I'm farming a community, and that community is people who don't know about Edmonton. So mm. younger generation who's sitting in you know, the GTA or the greater Vancouver area that are saying, I'm never going to be able to buy a house, or if I do buy a house, it's going to be a condo. And then here comes me getting pushed onto their For You page showing, hey, you know, you can buy a single-family home in Edmonton for four hundred thousand dollars and then they're reaching out to me saying that's amazing i can buy a house but what about edmonton i don't want to give up you know the fun life that i have in toronto can i have that lifestyle in edmonton and the, the truth is yes you can they just don't know about it. Yeah, I was wondering about that that demo and and the concerns that they have, of course, with with affordability. But you just answered uh, that question. Brandon Strasser joining us uh, this morning. He's an associate with Real Broker. Uh, Brandon, when you're going through the home, for example, I mean, and you're doing that video. First off, do you have to do you, do you get the approval of the uh, the homeowner before you do this? And I guess you have to be really careful to. Um, not to be judgy about it if if say there's you know something odd or maybe different <laughs> in the home that could be a little off-putting maybe say you know 1960s you know uh tiger the uh, tony the tiger carpet in it, you know <laughs> yeah for sure i mean i'm always getting permission um i do a lot of work with a lot of builders but there are some times where i'm going through older homes that are resale always getting permission from the realtor and the seller I always make sure that I do my best if I'm going to show a house, um, I'm going to show it in the most positive light possible because at the end of the day, I am trying to assist people in selling their houses too, regardless if it's my listing or it's a friend's listing. I don't want to go on and say, hey guys, like look at this, as you said, like silly carpet, like, you know, you'd have to tear that out. I want to always focus on the positives of a house um, to actually help because at the end of the day, um, yeah. sellers need that assistance as well. You know, you were mentioning Toronto and Vancouver, the ridiculous house prices there, mm. I guess the last survey. <laughs> Toronto, the average was $1.2 million uh. for a single 
detached home. Vancouver, 1.7 million. Uh, I guess that's in Vancouver proper, not necessarily Surrey. <laughs> Either way, it's ridiculous. But you know what? Uh, there's a lot of younger people or people you might be reaching through Instagram or through TikTok who, for whom an average house price in Edmonton is, say, 425 450 you get a down payment, you're still carrying a $400,000 mortgage or more. That is still extremely daunting. Uh, are, are, is that demographic still getting into the market, or is it only the ones who are seeing the ridiculous prices that are coming here? I would say right now, most of my clients have definitely been migrators mm-hmm. from uh, people who are are more in that greater Vancouver area and greater Ontario area, um, sorry, greater Toronto area. Um, I think with the interest rates right now, people who have a house that they can sell for extremely high can get into houses and still have low monthly payments because they can have a bit higher of a um, down payment. Mm. You know, the interest rates are affecting everybody right now, especially when it comes to home sales, but the market is still pretty hot, actually. Um, It's very, very busy, especially in Edmonton because we have so much competition and so many people trying to get in. as for my personal business, specifically Edmontonian buyers, I have a few, um, but I'm definitely getting a lot of new Edmontonians. Well, interesting. Brandon uh, Strasser joining us this morning. Thank you for this. Sure appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, all the best with your uh, with your career as, as well. Sounds like it's rolling along tickety-boo. Indeed. Uh, we're going to take a quick... You. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. Good chatting with you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we want to get an update from the uh, helicopter crash in Ontario in the Ottawa River. So global reporter Mackenzie Gray will join us and give us the latest on that. Coming up in just a moment. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Supported by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Nice playing those uh, songs, those summertime songs, as we head into this first day of summer. It officially arrives, the summer solstice at 8.57. But really, we've been in summer, it seems like, for a few weeks now, uh, despite all the rain that we've had in the last few days and some snow out in the mountains and Hinton, et cetera. So. I mean, it really, it feels like we've been in full-fledged summer for about six weeks, though, prior prior to the rain. It well, certainly did, because it was so hot. End of April, first week in yeah. May, with all the fire forest fires are really kicking up. Well, we were into the 30s, well mm-hmm. into the 30s mm-hmm. uh, for several days in a row. It was interesting, just uh, someone texted in following our conversation with Brandon Strasser, um, uh, the realtor, and he said, you know what, the infill across our <laughs> house just went for about a million dollars. I still, so was that, that would be one of the skinny houses, yeah. right? Yeah. I still don't get those. I understand the densification, yep. I under, but why are they so valuable? I know it's a brand new home, but to me, having to navigate stairs up and down in a skinny house would drive me nuts. Is it is it the property and the location yeah, of it? Probably. I mean, but you're not you don't have as much pro- property. You don't have as much land. You have half a lot, right? You have half a lot if, right? It's so all vertical. I don't know. If you like running stairs, you don't have to go to the river valley. Oh, you can just gosh. stay at home. Right? Ugh. Works out. Talk about heart palpitations. <laughs> Have you ever done Absolutely. that? 
Uh, the stairs? <laughs> Look at me. Have you ever run the stairs? But you know what? I have done stairs in the Devon River Valley. So you can get down into the into the, into the the River Valley, and there's a whole trail system, and there are stairs up and down in there. So I've walked the stairs. No, have you, yeah, have you actually done it for exercise? Um, like specifically gone and no, run up and down. No, okay. No. Yeah. I did do it one time many years ago, and I used to I used to work out at Daryl Duke's place, yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. Panther Gym, and uh, he took us all down there to run one time, and that was the first time, oh, and the last time as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, stair- stairs exactly. are hard. They're hard just going upstairs to go to bed someday. So <laughs> can't imagine running them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. No doubt. Uh, 7.20 here on the all-new This Morning with Jalen and Daryl. Uh, we wanted to give you an update on, on um, the major story out of Ontario, which is the crash of a uh, Chinook helicopter. And uh, two crew members rescued, two more still missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Gray is uh, a journalist, of course, with Global National, uh, joining us this morning. Hi, Mackenzie. Welcome to the show. Good morning. All right. What's the very latest? Uh, the search continues. Yeah, the search continues. We're here in Petawawa right now. Uh, we're overlooking the Ottawa River, which is the area in which uh, the Chinook helicopter went down uh, yesterday morning, right around midnight, just at the turn of the day. Um, and there was a lot of confusion yesterday, and there still is a lot of confusion about uh, exactly the condition and what has happened with two of the members of the Chinook. Uh, the Prime Minister, before question period, came out and said they were killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Department of Defense has been uh, less clear on that. They weren't confirming what the Prime Minister said, but said it's now a search and recovery mission instead of a search and rescue mission. Um, we're overlooking the Ottawa River right now in the area in which uh, it's kind of expected that this is where the Chinook went down, and we're seeing a fair bit of movement by lots of boats and other things. The town of Petawawa has told people not to go boating. They've stopped using the water in the area because they're worried about uh, gas or fuel that could have went into the water. Mm. The Chinook helicopters have very large um, very large gas tanks on the side of them, so there could be a fairly substantial amount. But in terms of any knowledge about the condition of the two who were survived, what has happened to the two who the Prime Minister said had died yesterday, uh, and you know what caused the crash? Yeah, if you hear about search and recovery, you can surmise or assume, but it's about a matter of respect for families, is it not? Is that is that, is that the issue with not saying one way or the other? I, we don't know really at this point in time what the what the issue is. To be perfectly honest. Um, you know, it, it could be that they had thought that there was a chance that they had survived it a period of time. Plus, I spoke yesterday with uh, Scott Clancy, who's a former um, Chinook uh, pilot, as well as a senior person who worked for NORAD at different points in time. And he had said, you know, in a water collision or water crash like this, it can be very difficult for the pilot and the co-pilot to be able to get out of the helicopter, but much easier for the folks, the two individuals who are in the back of the helicopter to get out. And he was just speculating at that point in time. But also, you you know about the drills that happen out here, and speaking with him as well, they can be flying very low to the water. Mm -hmm. So if there was some kind of an issue, it could be very quick before the helicopter could go into the water, leaving only seconds for uh, the people on the helicopter to make a, a decision or be able to react to what's happened. So it, without knowing exactly what's happened, uh, it could be a very difficult situation to deal with. Uh, quickly, uh, Mackenzie, uh, you're, you're in uh, you're in Petawawa. You've likely been talking to uh, members of the community. Uh, what is, yeah, it must be completely devastated um, out there right now. 
Yeah, it's just a very small town. Uh, and it's a military town, basically. That's the reason why uh, folks are out here. Well, it's about two hours away from Ottawa. We just drove up this morning. Uh, and yesterday, when my colleague Mercedes Stevenson and other folks who've been chatting with the people here have been saying, obviously, this is uh, very traumatic for the folks who are here. It's about 5,000 uh, active military members, 6,000 people in total who work on the base. So, you know, everybody knows somebody up here. Uh, and this is the only place where the Chinook helicopters are flown out of. So not only for the folks who are here, but for anyone who's in the Air Force as well, these are kind of people who would be known at this point in time, despite the fact that we don't know the names or the condition mm-hmm. uh, of the people who've survived and those who died as well. Yeah, tough times, uh, certainly for the people who are so close to it. Mackenzie, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate talking to you. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks guys. Uh, Mackenzie Gray is... Uh journalist with the Global National uh, joining us this morning with the latest and we'll keep watching and waiting to get uh, more word throughout the day. He mentioned uh, Scott Clancy who um, who used to um, be the, the head of the tactical aviation group mm-hmm. in uh, the Air Force. He's going to join us just after 8 o'clock for his thoughts on, on what happened. So.